Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another episode of The Edge Podcast. Have you ever had a client that just doesn't want you to succeed? What do you mean by like doesn't want you to succeed? Like, like, do you mean like, <laughs> like on a picky kind of standpoint or like a, like they're just difficult kind of stand? Like what, what exactly do you not succeed? I would say both. <laughs> One of my people is dealing with a client right now that every single time the painters finish a window frame, um, any caulking, puttying, whatever, painting, it doesn't matter. The guy goes around with a knife and just peels it out. And because it's apparently not how he would do it. And instead of talking to somebody about the problem, just goes and runs over and tears it out of the window to try to be sneaky. And when the franchisee confronted him, he was like, no, I'm not touching the windows. Your painters just haven't done those windows yet. Interesting. Yeah. I, I actually like, yeah, I'll let you finish your story. I did have a client like that last year who we'd prep stuff and like, you know, would be ready to paint. And before we were even allowed to bring out the paint, he'd come out with this fucking key and he'd scratch the siding and be like, you can get more off. And because he'd be scratching into the paint and we're like, okay, no, but that's not prep, man. Like that's you scratching the color off of the house. And he's like, it's not good enough. Continue. And then eventually we walked off that job because we just couldn't anymore. Like we spent like 70 hours prepping his house. And then like, you know, there's only like 82 hours on the job or something for everything. So like I eventually was like, there's no way, there's no way this guy just is setting us up to, to lose here. So like <laughs> we got to go. Yeah, that's the vibe I'm getting from this guy. Um, the franchisee, obviously after calling the client, the client blatantly denying it, and then the franchisee showing up to sites and seeing windows that are semi-painted and like not cocked, was starting to just think that the painters just weren't doing their job, which obviously frustrated the painters. So the painters started taking pictures of the guy with a knife on the windows, <laughs> peeling it out and sending them to the franchisee immediately to which the franchisee called the client and says, look, this is unacceptable. You can well, definitely, yeah, <laughs> be, be doing this. If you have issues with something, talk to me about it. Don't just go around and fuck with my job because it, at that point it's just creating more work because the painters are fulfilling their end of the agreements and we would be fulfilling our full end of the agreement, the full job, everything. And if he's going to be coming and removing what we have already done or scraping it off or trying to get us to redo it, that's now additional coats and additional yeah. prep and additional work that's going to be charged for. But he just, until shown the picture of him doing it, denied, 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 deny. And then when the franchisee showed the client the picture, saying hey look this is you with a knife scraping our caulking out of the area instead of just fessing up saying i'm not happy with blank the client explodes oh and just goes off about how well i'm picky and your painters aren't doing a good job and they need to do this and this and this and this and this keep in mind these same painters did 
I don't know, like it was like a hundred windows on an apartment building a couple weeks ago and did an amazing job. I saw the site. They know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And then on this site for just expectations, the client who seemed great in the very beginning, seemed like a super nice guy until his crazy side came out because again, when you're altering the greatest asset somebody's going to own, there's the emotional attachment that can cause someone, someone's crazy to show a little more than it typically would. Yeah. So I was him and I say, are talking about options right now for what to do with the job on whether or not it's in on just what direction to go with that job. Yeah. I was going to say, was there any like red flags during the quote, but you kind of answered that. Um, I guess like this franchisee, do you, like, is there any way that he could have changed his expectation setting in the walk around of like looking at the windows and being like, what do you expect this to look like? Like, did he, like, I obviously don't know what they kind of talked about in that walk around nor do you potentially but like do you know if there's anything differently that could have been said in that walk around not that i'm aware of and knowing which franchisee it is i have a lot of confidence in their walk arounds yeah fair enough because they have been burnt in the past because they haven't set the proper expectations so now i know that that person is hyper aware of setting expectations and really accentuating what can happen what can go wrong how bad can this still look after to make sure that the client is super aware of what they're getting themselves into yeah like the finished product yeah no that's 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 a tough one yeah it's um it's always difficult when you have a client that seems so good and then like you think that you've done everything you can to set expectations on your side and they're you know what what they've pictured in their mind is significantly different from what reality actually is based upon the project. Yeah. Well, and the thing about it is that it's not even, he's not even judging the final product. It's after things are prepped and barely first coded. Yeah. The client's coming and messing with things when maybe once he sees the second coat, he might think, Oh my God, this looks amazing. And if he sees something along the lines, just talk to, to uh, the franchisee, talk to the painters, talk to anyone, which the franchisee has made that incredibly incredibly clear with him. And the franchisee has shown up at the house to talk to this gentleman multiple times. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's quite the situation. Yeah, it's... Uh... It, it is fun. Well, especially it's just happening right, right for the time of the year too, because this is kind of, this is usually the time of year where some of the little fires kind of start to come up, which is totally normal because mm-hmm. people are have been working and pushing so hard to date to get sure that their bookings and marketing are still active and still running, that they're still hiring people and spending a lot of time with their crews. And it's when we start to get into the warmer summer months, we see people start to back off a little bit, yeah. which is can be good, it can be bad because it's it's how you back off that really matters. And if you back off strategically and give more trust and more responsibility to your employees, it can be, you can have such a nice relaxing July and August, as long as you're all booked up. But if you just think, okay, I'm close to my goal. I'm going to, I'm going to step back. You're going to have situations that are going to arise with your painters, with your clients, as you become disconnected from the business, if it's not done in a strategic manner. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think like July is kind of around that time frame where that starts to happen, you know, 
And it's, it's different for every business owner, right? You know, some people need to continue to work just as hard to continue to fill their summer. And, you know, maybe they're bringing on an extra crew. So now like they're kind of starting from square one again with these new people, which is totally fine. Um, it's all, you know, obviously goal dependent where, you know, there's a couple franchisees in our company who are already done booking for the, the whole summer just based upon, you know, their production capacity and their crews and what they want to get out of the summer. Like some people are already there. So like at that point in their business, like now is a great time where they're able to kind of, you know, take a step back and like give more responsibility, a little bit more delegation to their painters. And they're, you know, they're going to have a little bit more free time. Whereas like, you know, other painters or other franchise owners are going to connect like, you know, going to continue to push extremely hard over this next month to like, you know, hopefully book up the rest of their summer. So yeah, it's very different and it needs to be done in a very strategic way. Like, I guess like in your previous summers, if you can remember back to them, I know they were a couple of years ago, but what, what did that process look like for you um, of like, you know, the July time period of like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm starting to, you know, fill up my summer. My painters are starting to, you know, have a really good understanding of what they need to do on each site. They like, you know, they've done this type of deck 10 times. Now I feel confident that they're going to do it properly. Like what is that stepping away like you know slight step away process look like you know when you ran your business um so to to be super clear over four years i had a year where i did this process very well a year where i did it pretty decent a year where i didn't really step away and a year where i did it terribly so fair enough i've I've kind of seen the different sides of it great experience Um, then (laughs) Yeah, one of the most one of the most important things that I found, um, I guess, just bounce off of your deck example. If it's a deck that they had done, say three exact three times of the exact same deck, it wasn't about just thinking, oh, they've done this, they got this. It was about asking them how to go about that deck and making sure that they actually had an understanding. Because if they can't explain it to you, the process, they can't just be given the deck. And even on top of that, they still need the planners. They still need to know everything that has been budgeted out for the deck. Just because they've done a deck a couple of times, it doesn't mean that they know exactly how many hours they're being paid for on the deck. They're, because every deck is variable. You can have three decks that look the same. It could be it could be a 5, 10, 15 hour range between the three decks. So it's not fair to leave that on your painters. So you need to really just stay on top of all of the small things on top of the planners on top of the scheduling on top of the test patches and make sure the power washing is done and the overall business organization those are things that you cannot really let go of unless you have somebody in place to take care of some of those things for you which very few franchisees do have somebody in that position so that's an aspect that it still needs to be in your control And it's by having control over these small things that are going to allow you to release control from the very frontline painting. But that release of control has to come once your employees have have proven that they deserve the trust and that you have given them the opportunity to earn that as well. Because if you've been babying them and micromanaging them all summer, you can't expect to just step back right now and have them 100% independent because you haven't built it like that. It needs to be a slow process. It needs to be more of the collaborative asking questions with them and getting them to think about it. 
when they reach out to you and say, hey, how do I do this? You don't just give them the answer. You take a yeah. minute. You let them think about it. Because most of the time, most of the painters, they know what the answer is. They just don't have the confidence to come to the answer themselves. So it's just about as simple as asking, how, how do you think you should do this? What do you think is the best way to go about this? Oh, you don't have, you only have one gallon of paint and you have a half a fence left. Do you think you need more paint? If they're calling you saying, I need, I think I need more paint. Do I need more paint? Do you think you need more paint? Well, yeah. Okay. Awesome. What, how much do you think you need? How much have you used so far? And talking them through. And then if it's any decisions like that, talking them through the thought process that you go through that way they can start to think about it like that and start to recognize um tendencies and all those little things are going to help them start to be more independent on the site and allow you to step away yeah no that's great yeah i think like one of the biggest things is you know like that i would say that i highly agree with with that is the whole idea of like getting them to think through things themselves because that's what's really going to teach them you know, and like, that's mm-hmm. what they're really going to learn from is like, instead of just giving some, it, it's not just with painters. It's like that with everything. Like if you want to teach someone to do something, it's, it's a lot about like, well, what do you think? Or like, how would you solve the problem? Like, you know, and that's where they're going to really understand where their knowledge is and where the gaps are and like where you need to, you know, continue to work with them. But yeah. I think it is very much so like, a, like you kind of said, it, it varies per job and it's, it's about making sure that they understand that they understand what they're doing, right? Like you can't just like give all the responsibility away and completely step back. But like, it is a really cool kind of point in the summer where, you know, maybe you give them a bit of responsibility and see how they deal with it. You know, like you can leave them for a day or two and like, you know, check in, you know, once during the day or like maybe uh, if you need to twice, but like, you know, you're leaving them for longer periods of time and then you're seeing how they actually are adapting with, regards to the production planners, if they're on time, if stuff is getting done properly, you know, if their prep levels are the same, being that you're not there as much, like are they skimping out on prep? Are they not sanding enough? Or are they doing everything 100% appropriately? Because as you yeah. kind of start to give them those little like stints of responsibility, a little bit more time here and there without you on site, that's where they're going to really, you know, gain that trust and prove to you that they do in fact, you know, know what they're doing. And they do in fact, like, understand that they do still need to stay on a specific time budget and once all of those things start to align you know you get to really build that trust with that specific crew and that's when you get to kind of you know maybe step back a little bit more from you know managing them as closely so it's, it's a very like slow process but you know some crews will pick it up significantly faster than others right yeah yeah, they will. And, and it's accepting that that's huge. You can't expect every single one of your employees to be as independent as the next because they're all different people and you cannot manage everyone the same. You can't treat everyone the same. You cannot give people the same amounts of freedom at the same time and expect them to have the same level of success. Definitely. Yep. Yeah, I know. It's very cool. I found that, you know, um, e- even like in my business, like I've seen just over the past couple payrolls, how like Natasha has even been stepping back just based upon the hours that she's submitting to me that she's been working. Like I remember, you know, we went through that like horrible time frame a couple weeks ago that we talked about. Um, and I think she worked like 107 hours over that two week period, which is insane. Um, 
for just the production aspect of it, right? Like that's not even including anything like with regards to the sales or marketing that a franchisee typically would. That's normal for a franchisee, but like for just the production aspect of it, it's pretty wild. And then like this, yeah. <clears throat> and then last payroll, I think it was 85 hours. So like it lowered and then this one, it was 77. So like <clears throat> I can see over the course of the last couple like payroll periods, that she is becoming slightly and like slightly less involved in the day-to-day stuff and that she's able to like, you know, delegate stuff a little bit more and like not spend as much time on sites because she trusts people as the summer's kind of progressing, but it's not like she's dropping from a hundred hours to 70, right? Like it's, it's not just like a boom, like I'm gone. I'm just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very slow progression down on, okay, like you guys understand that I trust you there. I'm going to check in with you still, but I don't need to be on site as, as frequently. It's like, it is a very like slow transition period, I guess, based upon what you're seeing on each crew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an exciting period of the summer though. I think. Yeah. It is. Obviously, July was always my favorite time. July is, it's that weird middle month because like you said, there's, there's just a lot. There's a lot more time, and you are able to take a, to take another step back. And it's before you get into August. With in August, you have your great big production push to make sure you get everything done. Yep, yep. <laughs> so it, it's really important for people to just enjoy July. If people are behind their goal, take advantage of the last few good booking weeks, and then take that that those weekends and evenings more so towards the end of of the month if people are at or ahead of their goal or where their production capacity lies at enjoy the time now because there's going to be a bit of a push coming coming in august to get things produced yeah i i and again like i think that's very it's it's a good thing to recognize you know um is like you know enjoy like the you know, maybe a little bit of July because again, August is a big push or, um, or you can work your ass off in July and the first two weeks of August. And if that's when you want to shut it down, like maybe you have two weeks off at the end of August. Like it's completely dependent upon what your goals are with your business. Right? Like I've seen people, I think, I think this was in my first year. I think it was Mitch Cron. I, I could be completely wrong about who it was, but they like, basically finished mid August and like had like the rest of like, like August off. I, I don't remember who it was. Yeah. Which, which is super nice, but at the same time, you got to think but that, that mid August period. Yeah. Well, that, that was a school, which is awesome. But if it's that mid August period and there's like two, even two and a half, whatever weeks off. And he produced a very healthy number if I'm not mistaken. It was in the, it was in two hundreds, I think it was, yeah, it was like, high 190s or 200 or something like that his royalty is is so low at that point that he could have easily made an extra few thousand dollars oh yeah just producing for an extra week yeah right yeah Yeah, and then i know in his second year like he also took a lot of time off because he like paid his people a lot of money so that he could spend time doing other things so like yeah yeah it's all about priorities right like in your business but um yeah that is funny like i remember i was talking to jordan about um, you know, like my sales number and he's like, yeah, you just need, you need to get like, you know, your production up to those higher numbers because when your royalty drops, that's where you really make your money. So like, cause I was talking to him about retail, I was talking to him about retail rates mostly and like where those should sit because like, 
you know, this week's actually been really good for me for booking. I've gone five for seven so far. So like I've had a huge turnaround nice, this finally. week. <laughs> yeah, reading the systems, it's such a crazy thing how it can change your, <laughs> your, your, your skills and everything. And like, you know, if you're like, you know, struggling with something, it's crazy how just rereading exactly what you think, you know, already can change things. But yeah, it's been a good week so far. And, um, but like I was talking about retail rates cause like I was thinking about lowering them so that I could get some more projects, you know, because like, I think that lack of confidence like I thought was wrapped up in my price, but no, it was, it was really mostly wrapped up in my process. And like, I, I think what I was really like struggling with was just having like a good overall quote of like, you know, building the rapport, being friendly, not caring just about the quote itself, but like about giving a really good, you know, overall experience. I was like so focused on doing the estimate in the steps that it needed to be done. You know, first call, I need to hit these points, you know, walk around. I need to ask these questions, say it like, you know, closing, I need to like close. I wasn't like really building all those soft skills and like building the rapport with the client and like, you know, showing them my personality. Like, it was just like, I was so wrapped up in doing it properly because I wasn't doing super well with my quotes. And like this week I've really relaxed and like kind of gone back to those like, you know, just basics. Right. So, um, He's like, you don't necessarily need to like lower your retail rate. If you want to, though, you know, you're getting up to those production capacity numbers where your royalty is dropping. So you're going to make a lot more money on each job. So like, that's a big thing you need to realize is like, you know, booking those extra couple projects, even though like, you know, in this case, you might want to lower your retail rate to, to get a couple more projects and maybe be a bit more competitive. You're not necessarily giving up a lot of profit because your royalty is lower. So it's like, if that's something you want to do, that's like a hundred percent your choice. Cause it's your business. He's like, do you need to do it? No. But like, if you did it, are you necessarily giving up a lot? No, because your royalty is dropping as you're producing more. So you actually, you know, you're kind of making up some of that, you know? So it, it was very interesting. It was an interesting conversation of like, yeah, like as you go further in the summer, you know, enjoy a bit of July, but like, you know, still like, like you kind of said, like if you are willing to push right to the end of August, you can make a couple extra thousand bucks because as your royalty drops, you're making more on each project. So obviously yeah. simple math, the more work that you do, the more money that you make. But, um, exactly. Especially because there's such a, there's such a compressed production window. And for most people, this is just what they do for the year. And then when I was in university, it's, this was just my job. Yeah, <laughs> I same. did this in the summer and that was it. It was super nice. Well, math help sessions and stuff, but that was very small. Yeah. Um, but with the, like with this being like your main source of income, that extra couple thousand dollars can just give you extra comfort. It can help you go on a trip over a reading week. It can pay off an extra part of your, part of your tuition. Or you can look at that extra couple thousand dollars as a stepping stone to propel yourself for next year. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Like making that extra two grand, like whatever, two grand, let's say that's a trip or like maybe that's, you know, that new pair of shoes that you wanted or like, you know, that extra course that you wanted to pay for and not have a loan on, like whatever it goes towards, like right. pushing that little bit more, you know, over the course of a couple of years of doing this, for example, um, and learning to push now is like, you know, next year is going to help your business significantly more because if you're willing to work through those hard periods of time where, you know, maybe like you could have stopped or you could have pushed a bit more, you're just building amazing habits for yourself that it will propel you the next year that you do this. Right. And like will significantly help you 
and like maybe making that extra 3000 bucks you can put into marketing or whatever for next year. And now like, you know, now you're really scaling up your business because when you're investing more into your business, you're going to get a lot more out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely will. And you always want to be able to look back and think, I'm so happy I, I, I pushed and did X, Y, and Z. You're never going to look back and think, oh, I wish I didn't work so hard. I wish I didn't yeah. push so hard. I wish I didn't do that extra little bit. I wish I didn't make the extra couple thousand dollars. But there's a high likelihood you'll look back and think, oh, I wish I did this. I wish I would have pushed a little harder. I wish I would have had the extra couple thousand just to, like you said, go on a trip, get an extra course, reinvest in the business next year, invest elsewhere, do whatever you want to do with it, right? Well, like, and I went through that with my business too. I remember when I started working with Jordan, um, I think in my first year, I stopped booking in the first week of August. I think like for the most part, I like, it was like, I only did a couple quotes during July cause I kind of eased off the gas. Cause I was like, Oh, like I hit Mexico. I don't need to sell anymore. That was my goal. I beat my goal, but like I left a lot on the table. Like imagine how much further ahead I would have been, you know, for maybe year two, if I would have like continued to push really hard in July and through August to get like maybe that extra, you know, 10 grand in sales or, or whatever that kind of looked like. I could have made like an extra, you know, 2,500 to 3,500 bucks, dependent upon my royalty, um, that I could have maybe put towards my second year. And then again, in my second year, I hit my goal by like mid July, I think. So I think my last quote was like the third week of July in my, in my second year, if I'm not mistaken. But again, I left a lot on the table because I surpassed my original goal and I was happy with that. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I don't want to work anymore. But imagine how much like I left on the table that if I would have worked those extra two and a half to three weeks, I could have, you know, again, maybe sold an extra 10 or 20 grand because, you know, I was better. I was building off my skills. My booking percentage was like 72% that year. So like every quote I was doing, uh, like every, you know, 10 quotes, I was booking seven of them. So like if I would have just done another, you know, 10 quotes at like my 72% booking percentage at like an average job size of two grand. I would have made like an extra four to five, like four grand or so that could have again been used for whatever else. So like there is like a lot that you are leaving on the table if you stop (laughs) at like, yeah, like earlier than you potentially could. And those, and those compound pretty quickly. Oh, they, they absolutely compound. And then even I thought about this as you were talking about your booking percentage in your, in your second year. Um, something actually, this is a, a weird little, little problem that I ran into in my second year was I, same thing. My booking percentage went from 48 to 72 or 73% in my second year. My average drop size climbed. So I found that I didn't need to do as many quotes Yep. <laughs> to still beat my first year. And I found myself looking back at the end of my, my second year and I did all the math on it and figured out how much money I left on the table by just not doing as many quotes I did the year before when I was fully capable of doing it. So it was a, it was a fun realization. And what was that? Do you remember? It was not, it was not a little amount of money. <laughs> uh, Fair it, was, enough. it was tens of thousands of dollars That's because I, if I did, I think I, cause I beat my second year by cause my first year. Um, yeah. Obviously 2017, um, did 120. My second year did one. 40. But I think after, but I, I did 150 quotes or something in my first year and like 87 or 90 in my second. 
Dude, that's just like me. I think I did 160 in my first and then 100 in my second. <laughs> so yeah. like those extra 60 quotes at 70% booking percentage at the average, like, you, you know, you're leaving 30 to 40 grand on the table. It's yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like, you know, that's so much money that you could invest or like go on that trip or, you know, whatever you want to spend it on. It's just like, it's about like looking maybe at that, not so much as like, I've been working so hard. I deserve a break. Like, like you kind of said, when you finish the summer, I don't think I've really ever talked to someone that's like, oh, I like, I really regret pushing that little butt extra and making that extra $10,000. You know, like I, there's very few people that I could, I could even think about that would complain about making extra money and working a little bit more. Cause you don't remember it. Like you don't remember those little stints of like hard work. You know, you might remember, no. you might remember that crazy client. You might remember that awful week or like you might remember that great week, but like you're never really going to be upset about working that little bit harder and making all that extra money. Yeah, no, you're not, not at all. But I think on that, that's probably a good place to wrap this up though. Yeah, no, it was a great conversation. I, uh, yeah, I, you know, I would wrap it up and, and kind of just say like, you know, like now's like a really huge turning point, like where you, you do have the opportunity to kind of step back, you know, if you're in the place to kind of do so, but do so, you know, um, not necessarily like in a, in a quick manner, like, you know, be smart about it. Make sure that you trust your crews. Make sure you understand, you know, you need to make sure that your people understand what they're doing before you just completely step back. It is also a really big time that if you do need to have that huge push to fill the rest of your summer, it's a hundred percent still possible. And like, if you need to continue to push, you're not going to regret it when the summer ends. So we'll leave it off there and uh, look forward to chatting with you guys again next week. We're going to leave you today the same way that we leave you every episode. We hope you have a good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and we will see you again on the next episode of The Edge Podcast. For more of our content, follow us on Instagram at The Edge Pod. If you found value in this episode, please remember to rate, subscribe, and share as it allows us to organically grow our following. 